Uh, my name is Mike, and uh, it's it's good to be with you this morning. Oh, I I don't know what to say. I'm I'm confused. That's we're going to grieve in a in a in many ways over the next while. And my question is that uh, why would God take someone who has such capacity to glorify God? Many of you know John, and this and, and we we lost V uh, last year. And you go, why would God take someone who just loves the Lord Jesus that much? And, uh, and so as a friend of John's, I kind of don't want to be here doing this talk. And yet, if you just picture John's face and, and that smiling face that John has, and he would say, uh, you've got to do business with God and hear his word. And what more important topic could we wrestle with this morning than the issue of faith? Is you don't know when the Lord will take your life. And if you haven't done business with God and put your trust in this God, then John would say you are a fool. And so that's what we're going to do. We want to hear the word of God this morning. It's going to be a bit different to what I had planned, but let me just uh, reflect with us on a few verses in Romans 4. So will you pray with me? Father God, we, uh, with heavy hearts, we come to you this morning desperate to have comfort from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So would you do that work in us through your word this morning? And Father, we uh, pray for your spirit to be in our midst this morning. We pray that uh, we can see just how fickle the things of this earth are in light of eternity. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you a bit about uh, faith this morning as we start our series. Uh, You know, I think faith is, it's fairly simple on one level. Faith and trust are the same word. And so, you know, we exercise faith and trust all the time. And... You step on the Sydney trains and you trust that you'll get to where you need to go. Um, faith is, is not magical. It just means trust. But when you sort of think about it a bit more, you start to realise that faith is a bit more complicated than you first thought. Um, you might be sitting in this room and feeling like, why is it that some days my faith feels strong and other days my faith feels weak? Uh, look, if, if God were to call you to account today, will you be able to stand before God and will your faith have saved you at that point? I have a, a Christian relative who suffers from depression and some days he feels like his faith is hanging by a thread. And so what, do you, what is his faith doing at that point? Well, friends, I, just, I want to cut down the sermon a little bit and I want to focus, if you have your Bibles with you, I just want to listen to God's word because that's what we do when we gather. And have a look at verses 18 to 25 in Romans 4. It's a very big passage. And I want us to ask the question, what does these verses tell us about the nature of faith? 
Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Um, Abraham's faith, biblical faith, does not weaken despite the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I mean, he was promised to be the father of many nations. He was 100 years old. His wife was not that much younger, and yet his faith does not weaken. As we sit here this morning and we process the situation that we find ourselves in, I have two responses to that kind of faith. My first response is, I would love that kind of faith. Wouldn't you love that kind of faith that despite whatever you are experiencing, that your faith does not weaken? That I could lose my job, that I could lose someone as precious as John sung in our life, that I have relationship breakdown, and yet not weaken in my faith. I would love that kind of faith. And yet my second reaction is, Abraham, you are insane. You're a hundred years old. Your wife is well beyond it. And yet you're saying to me that God's going to come through with what he's promised. That, my friend, is what people call blind faith. And that is one of the classic arguments against this Christian faith. Are you asking me to believe in something I can't see? Are you asking me to submit my life to someone who lived 2,000 years ago? Well, before we dismiss the Christian faith as blind faith, have a listen to these words in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. God was able to do what he had promised. Friends, um, biblical faith is not just sort of telling yourself to believe a little bit more. What is at the heart of Abraham's faith is realising that God was dependable and worth putting his trust in. That's what you do when you find someone who is trustworthy, you put your trust in them. It's not rocket science. It's not blind faith. And you consider someone like John, and by all accounts, John was an optimistic thinker. And I am an optimistic thinker. And sometimes we use that to say, faith is just telling yourself to believe more. But that's not what biblical faith is. Biblical faith is looking at the evidence from Scripture and saying that is who God says he is. 
It is being convinced from Scripture that God is who he says he is. That this is the God who is faithful. That this is the God who, verse 24, raised our Lord Jesus from the dead for our sin and our trespasses. And you might be sitting here this morning feeling like how you too, the band, sung, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And you're thinking, I just need something that's going to push me over the line, that's going to get me to experience real faith. Well, if that's you, Romans 4 invites you to compare the faithfulness of God with the things that you put your faith in. The things that you put your faith in. Human relationships. Material wealth. You cannot sit here this morning and dismiss the faithfulness of God. Those things will disappear in a moment and yet you continue to swallow the pill and I continue to swallow the pill that we should put our faith in things that don't last. What good does that do you when you stand before God and give account for the life that you've lived? But friends, I I do want to say one more thing from this passage this morning. And that is, even if you trust God this morning and even if you feel like he is a trustworthy God, what are you trusting him for? What are you trusting him for? Have a listen again very carefully to verse 20 and 21. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I use the language of trusting God in a very vague way. And dare I say it, sometimes I even use it to justify my own desires. Maybe it's the choice between choosing a job or trying to pursue a relationship with someone, and I just say, I'll trust God with it. But what am I trusting God for at that point? And the issue is that sometimes we confuse what God is able to do with what God has promised to do. We confuse what God is able to do with what God has promised to do. And for some of us, that might be pursuing a relationship. We'd love to be married to someone. And I'm not saying that God can't do that or that the scriptures don't celebrate marriage, but God has not promised those things. He has promised that if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus, that your sins are forgiven, and that as you stand before him, you will be with him for eternity. But he has not promised a romantic relationship per se. For some of us, we might be thinking about switching jobs for a better opportunity or more pay. And I'm not saying again that God can't do those things, but he hasn't promised 
to give you a particular job. And it's a great tragedy when people take the faithfulness and ability of God and they just run with it and do their own thing. Oh, I've got this desire in my heart. I'll just trust God that he'll give me this thing. And the great tragedy is that they lose faith in God because God didn't give them those, those things. And maybe it's that God never promised you those things in the first place. And so, friends, this is very important, particularly not just on a day like this, but on the way that you live your life. Are you putting the trust in God to give you what your sinful heart desires? Or are you trusting that God will deliver on the promises that he's actually made in Scripture? That if you come to him and accept the Lord Jesus as your saviour, that you will be given an eternal inheritance? Or are you just using the trust in God language to justify your own goals. Friends, can I encourage you that as you read the scriptures this week, keep an eye out for what is it that God has promised us in the Lord Jesus. Um, there's a lot more to say on, on, on faith and I, I have a few more things to say but I, just, I thought I'd just maybe just share uh, a couple of stories of people who I think display biblical faith. Uh, my uh, Christian relative who has depression, as I told you about before. Uh, for about a month on average each year, he, he just doesn't experience joy. Joy towards his own children or towards his wife or towards God. And so what he does is he, he says to his kids, Daddy, he loves you. And he'll always love you, but he won't be able to express it in the same way. And sometimes I'm going to let you down. But he also says to them, um, God is faithful, and Jesus will never let you down. And that is, he's worked out that his faith, it's not dependent on how much faith he has. You know people say that? I just wish I had more faith than this person. But he's worked out that faith is dependent on the faithful God. If his faith was based on how he felt for at least one month out of twelve each year, he'd have no assurance that the Lord Jesus would accept him. He'd have no assurance that God loves him and there is no condemnation for him. But even when he feels like his faith is hanging on by a thread, that faith is directed towards the God who is faithful and is able to save. 
Friends, why would you not trust that God? Let's pray together. Our Father God, we uh, feel sometimes that our faith is weak and we know that sometimes we even doubt and ask questions about whether we are even Christian or not. Father, as someone who has revealed yourself through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we take great comfort that our salvation is found in your faithfulness, that we may be on the cusp of feeling like we're leaving our faith and yet you continue to consistently love us and commit yourself to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, for those of us who don't yet trust you, would you do that work in their life, please? So that when they are faced with your final judgment, Father, they can lean, they can put their weight on the Lord Jesus Christ in whom there is no condemnation. Amen.